0: Is Kelly Carlin and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hey everyone, it's Kelly. It is April. It is April. It is April. I do not know how that happened. It seemed that January took its time, even February took its time. And then I don't know, March just uh happened. (laughs) And now we're here in April. And my wisteria, I'm looking out at my window, is bombing, it's just it has exploded. Uh, spring is mightily here, and uh, the sun has changed its angle enough that you know we're in a new season. And I know some of you out there are mm, living in places where it still hasn't quite determined yet if it's ready for spring, but I tr- I want to let you know that it will come, it will come. And uh, I know it's been a few weeks since the podcast, but uh, thank you guys for hanging in there. And uh, last episode, we talked with David Dean Bittrell about acting and the creative process. And uh, we get to dive into some more creativity today. And I'm super excited with uh, two guests. Yes, people, we have two guests today. I can't even imagine that, but it is happening. And uh, we could have had three, but that would have been almost too much for me. And, and plus, the third person is is a guest unto himself at some point in the future for this podcast. Uh, I'm very, very excited to have two of the three authors of a beautiful new book that is out called Deep Creativity seven ways to spark your creative spirit, but I have to say that titles are important and they are on the front page and they tell you something about what's inside this book, but this book is so rich, so, um, it's like a seven layered dip. (laughs) It's got so much in it that this title is like, yeah, it's about creativity. It's deep. Those are two important words, but my God, it is a portal to so many things, which we will talk about today. So my guests are two of the three authors. Uh, I have Deborah Deborah Quibel. Do I say that right, Deborah?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And Deborah is uh, a PhD and has taught healing and meditation for over 14 years, got her PhD in depth psychology at, oh, shocking, Pacifica. <laughs> You guys all know about that. Uh, She's studied uh, pranic healing and yoga. She's published in academic journals and top online publications. She writes poetry, which are some of her poems are in this book, and they are the kind of poems that open a door to who you really are. She's also a senior instructor for the Institute for Inner Studies and teaches pranic healing, yoga, and meditation all over the world. And she regularly speaks at international conferences and festivals and has made a bunch of media appearances. And then our other guest is also a PhD. It's a very fancy day today, people. Uh, My other guest is an actual friend of mine, someone I've come to know as a colleague and a friend, also from Pacifica. And Jennifer, how do you say your last name? It's Selig. It is Selig. I always say it Selig, and then she says Selig afterwards, and I always <laughs> feel like an ass. That's <laughs> the kind of friends we are, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer spent over 30 years in education. She's been a teacher for a long time, and she's really great at bringing the academic home to reality and reality into an up, up into an academic sphere. She's fascinated by literature and the humanities and of course, depth psychology. And she and I have met through a couple of things, one of which was a memoir writing class that she teaches through Pacifica. And she also has another path of teaching lately around deep vocation which uh, I highly recommend. She's authored dozens of newspaper articles, book reviews, journal articles. She is also a publisher in her own right and has her own press and I would love to welcome both of you here today. Welcome ladies. Thanks Kelly.
1: Thanks Kelly.
0: (laughs) So uh, Deborah let's start with you because I believe this was your baby to begin with. Is that true? It is true and so what was this what was this baby that wanted to be birthed through you what was the the initial urge or seed that uh, brought this forth
1: yeah I, I talk about this a little bit in the introduction to the book, but um, the impulse for this book was really actually almost a reaction or a rebellion to Currents that I was working within in this large <clears throat> scope of creativity. Um, and what I mean by that is I, I've been writing for various online publications and the demand for content became incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of pieces that are expected, the amount of words that we're supposed to use being a very short amount of words to get a point across and and I started to think something here is missing in this process of creativity that creativity is not just about producing content there's something that happens in the creative process that we have maybe not forgotten but that has been uh, I wanted to call forward more Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was almost this instinctual reaction to what I was noticing in, in the field I was working in, um, and so I started to think, how can I put put together something um, that would start to get at this? Uh, you, you know what I love about that is
0: that I find that being in the world of depth psychology, uh, it. It attracts a certain sort of uh, contrarian personality that wants to push up against um, the flow of the of the ego and the flow of the ego world and the modern world is certainly a manifestation of the ego and so that's not surprising that uh, you know being caught up in this flurry this uh yeah (laughs) this intense flurry of more and more quick quick you know it's all these quick hits and hot takes and 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 there's nothing there's there's no meal there there's nothing you can't even get a taste of anything these days so it's it's not surprising that your your depth psychologist uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ways came about, and like, hmm, what's the other thing going on here? Um, so, yeah, and and I love that, and yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, and Jennifer, what what brought you into this? What made you see or see this as a portal for your own expression? I mean, obviously, you teach a memoir class. You've been involved in literature, and you know, always been a, a creator. What about this really spoke to you? Well, um, working with Deborah
2: really spoke to me, for one. <laughs> um, I would follow her anywhere. Uh, but I've been, I've been obsessed and consumed by creativity all of my life. You know, from the time I was a child, a deeply, deeply creative child, and then, um, you know, having taught literature, taught the humanities, created programs to, to study creativity, et cetera. So this has just been kind of the water that I swim in, in my, in my professional and personal life. And so, but, you know, what I hadn't done before was really think through, in any kind of systematic way, what the intersection was between depth psychology and creativity, and how those two fields could inform each other, in a way. And so Deborah had come up with this idea for a book, and had come up with this idea, of, she can talk about the seven ways into creativity, um, and so I was curious to start writing into those ways myself and discover something about creativity for, for myself through the writing process and through the collaboration process. This is a highly collaborative book. Um, and we know that the um, depth psychology itself is a collaboration with the creative unconscious in so many ways. So to collaborate creatively with, with two other beings and to consciously bring in the unconscious in doing so. Um, again, in a systematic way, was, was, was uh, such a, 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 an imitation I couldn't pass up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. And I just want to name, you know, the third author of this book is a gentleman named Dennis Patrick Slattery, who taught at Pacifica. And I had the immense honor and joy to be in his presence. He walked us through uh, Dante's Inferno, and, um, and and Young's Book of Job, and uh, I, I could spend my whole life in a room with Dennis unpacking literature from a depth psychology perspective. Like, I, I believe that is officially my definition of heaven. <laughs> 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 well, imagine working with
2: him for a number of years on a creative project like that. That's another definition of heaven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to say that what's so interesting about the collaboration the three of you did was clearly, Deborah, you're you're holding the space and the structure for everyone in writing the introduction, and you write these in-breaths in and out-breaths of each chapter. And then each of you really move into the each portal whether it's love or suffering or the muse or um uh, I'm just looking here at all the different ones um nature uh and it's just so beautiful because each of you enter into the material from your your own organic way you're going to enter into it And then you pull strings that no one else could pull. You each have little threads that you pull. And I think it really honors one of the major uh, things that you talk about in this book. I mean, you have these kind of 15 principles, which we'll get into, but the idiosyncratic nature of creativity and that by each of you showing up in your own ways each little chapter really illuminates like, oh, you can enter, you know, here's how I enter it. Here's how Dennis enters it. Here's how I enter it. Oh, and how do you enter this? You know, it really is an invitation. Uh, I think so many of us, I know I've been a studier of creativity. I'm always fascinated by the process and, you know, started doing Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, uh, you know, 25 years ago or even maybe longer than that and never got I always left myself out of the process. I was always wanting someone to teach me the rules, kind of an outside in way to do it um, because I wasn't even present in my body yet. So I, I just wanna talk a little bit about how, how bringing depth psychology to creativity um, is a unique invitation into the creative uh, life or the creative process or even ideas about creativity.
1: Well, before we go there, if you don't mind, I just want to honor what you just said, because um, that multi-voiced aspect of this book, you just hit the nail on the head, Kelly, as far as why I had this deep desire or instinct to pull in other creatives into this book. Because one voice didn't feel like enough, this is this had to be in order to have the depth and a varied perspective this book had to have more than one creative it, and and what you said is, is so meaningful and that you, you found that already because once it's a multi voiced volume your voice so as reader is so much more easily invited in to this process um, and the other thing you hit on the head was this prescriptive way that we approach often writing books, um, or it's like there's rules, or we're going to give you certain things to do, or me, Deborah, is going to teach you about creativity. And this this book was it was so important that it was a demonstration of creativity as much if not more than any sort of instruction um, and we really ask people to break the rules um, to get away from any sort of way they're supposed to make their way through the book or prescriptive you know expectations that, that they might have and, and just kind of and dive, yeah dive in enter into this kind of creative water which um, each person, finds their own way so beautifully within. And so thank you um, for really highlighting those two things because I I just felt important to speak to that because you hit the nail on the head with that.
0: Yeah. And, and all of that offers certainly um, that multiplicity, uh, which we're so not used to (laughs) honoring the many, many voices uh, and, and, and there is something about um, there. There's there's some sort of. I mean, I just read the chapter on love, and there's it's so interesting that you you start the book that way, and um, that there's something about learning to be. Um, I kept thinking of the word reverie when I was reading that chapter too. And and knowing that reverie is kind of a word that might take people into their head and need to figure out, but really get that there's something about the way you're, you talk about love and using love um, in order to connect you uh, to this relationship. Um, and Jennifer, I wonder if you could speak a little bit about Uh, When I was reading your essay about love, I really felt, I really felt your love. (laughs) Like I really really got it. Like how there is some sort of offering you're giving through everything. And it's, it was just such a beautiful, I don't know, it opened up something in me in such a, in such a way. And I learned something about you obviously too, but can you talk a little bit about love and, and what it has to do with creativity?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, yes, I can. And I can say, thank you for saying that you uh, felt that way about the chapter. It's also a testimony to the partnership I have with Deborah and Dennis that I could write so vulnerably about love. Mm. Um, you know, we haven't mentioned it yet, but Deborah and Dennis and I have a, a, a lineage, really. Um, Dennis was a teacher of mine at Pacifica. I was a teacher of Deborah's at Pacifica. Ah. We're each 20 years apart in age. So we've got mid thirties, mid fifties, and mid seventies. And so it's a it's a it's a multi voice in that sense. But we all have such a such a, a deep love and respect and honoring of each other that what we would do when we would enter into these ways is we would just choose one and say, okay, you've got a month, go write about love and creativity. And we had no idea what each other was going to write about, or the angles we were going to take, or even what angles you know, we personally were going to take. Mm. Um, and the big surprise and the joy was at the end of the month, sharing those essays and seeing the areas of overlap, but the absolute areas of difference, which get, gets back to what you pointed out earlier, which is the one of the first principles of deep creativity is that it's idiosyncratic. So what I have to say about love is it'd be very different than what De- De- Deborah or Dennis says, because we are idiosyncratic, unique human beings with unique experiences. Um, And yet there is something so archetypal and universal about love that we're all saying in some ways, the same thing, approaching it from different angles and different life stories. And so for me, that chapter was just really kind of a movement through all the ways that love had fueled my creativity from writing horribly bad poetry. For people I had mad crushes on when I was in my late teens and early twenties, which will never see the light of day.
1: (laughs) Really? Please, can we have a (laughs) published volume?
2: Deborah and Dennis are the poets. They both have published books of poetry, and I I will not um, publish books of poetry. But I will mention that I had written bad poetry. and, and, and talk, looking at different forms of love, so romantic love also, but just the, then the love for one's work, you know, the love, for, um, the, the, the love for, for nature, all sorts of partnerships that we talk about in there. Um, we have a chapter on um, the, way of na- uh, the way of the muse, where Dennis, Dennis enters a little bit through the actual mythological muses because that's his background. I enter more through the people who have inspired me and who I've inspired. Deborah enters into nature, didn't the city, oh, the city yeah. is a muse and what it's like to be mused by a city, which was incredibly unique for her. Um, and and so, you know, in, in, in those ways, it's kind of the book is entwined like that. with different stories.
0: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. The uh, There's some sort of, I mean, vulnerability is, is a great part of this, you know, in order to be, In order to move into the creative act, the creative process, it's a risk no matter what. And so there is vulnerability around it. And if, you know, Dennis talks about how this nun shut him down at an early age uh, and was like, oh, it doesn't, you know, your, your leaves, your fall leaf tree doesn't look like that other girls or even leaf trees. And it, and it shut him down, you know, the risk he was taking to just be in a space. And now it, it had some sort of external standards to it. And when I talk to people who are desperate to have a voice, to move into their creative process, mm-hmm. to, to get this thing out that lives inside of them. That's the thing that always, you know, usually initially shuts them down is that it's, it's about some sort of order or standard or level of perfection that this object or this, whatever it is, expression needs to live up to. And, and, and what I'm hearing you guys talk about is that, and, and what the, what I think the book is so much about is that there's some there's some sort of communing thing that happens that it's it's more about what's pulling you or what are you in relationship with or what is this beauty or this love and and saying you know fuck you world I don't give a shit what you think about it I just want to go have a relationship with this thing uh, and and I'm so curious about how. Each of you have had to navigate that. You know, here you have a very deep relationship with creativity and you're both seeped in it. Um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the pivot that you've had to make or the pivot do you think that other people have to make in order to just give themselves permission for that initial vulnerability?
1: Uh, first, amen. Kelly and <laughs> then I'm right on board. Um, so one of the most important things I think this book pulls out is we do not have to move up and out of anywhere that death psychology calls us to do this too. We got to just move down and in. And when you go down and in to your life, to what is present in your life, um, you are going to hit some places that are naturally and instinctually creative. And you just trust that process and you keep giving yourself permission to go a little bit deeper and to come up against another wall and then go a little bit deeper and come up against another wall and that process is enough like when when this book came out into the world my first instinct was to crawl into a hole (laughs) i messaged jennifer two days before our book release and i was like what the fuck what are we doing? This is going to go out into the world. And then like, there I am for everybody to judge and condemn. And is it good enough? And is it going to sell? And what are our numbers going to be like? And are we going to get a big royalty check or a 15 cent royalty check? And Oh my God, it was so hysterical, this dialogue that's going on in my head. And, and what I did is I just moved down and in to the book and said exactly what you said, like, it doesn't matter anymore because the process, and this is what the book is about, the creative process is enough. Mm. The process of writing this book and the transformation that it brought out in all three of us, but I can speak for myself in me, that's enough. And I stopped, I didn't care anymore. I, I don't care if two people buy this book. Uh, the, the process of, of writing it, was so incredibly healing, transformational, inspirational, blah, you can use all the words. Yeah. Um, but you are so right in that we are our biggest obstacle. But that down and in mantra is really important for me. And we can talk about this later because I really want to hear Jennifer's perspective on what you just asked too. But, you know, um, that down and in was what helped to bring out the seven ways.
3: Mm. Um,
2: mm.
1: Uh, That's how I kind of conceptualize those. But um, I'm super curious to hear, you know, Jennifer's wisdom on this, yeah, coming up against this perfectionism.
2: Yeah. Well, you obviously heard my vulnerability already about my bad poetry, but I can (laughs) objectively say it is bad. (laughs) This is is not me being a critic. too hard on myself by any means. Yeah, I'm I'm working on a blog post right now on the relationship between – the archetype of the creator and the archetype of the critic, mm. and I, so I'm thinking about that a lot. And that came out of Deborah and I looking at some of the reviews of the book, some of the early reviews. Um, you know, and there were a couple that were were pretty critical, uh, and, and I, I think I had to talk Deborah down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I've got more experience in publishing, so I'm used to more of the more more of that uh, that relationship about with with the critic. Um, but where I go, where I go with that is, is the, cent- the centering place for me around it is that I just, w- like I'm giving the book and my own vulnerability as, as an act of love and service to hmm. whoever in the world wants it or needs it or can find it to be medicinal in whatever way. Because one of the principles of deep creativity is that it's healing. Hmm. So it was healing for me to write it. I know it'll be healing in some ways for some people to read it. It doesn't have to be five star reviews for thousands of people. We already got a, a, a post on a Facebook page that said a woman had written poetry she hadn't written in in, in decades um, a, after doing one of the exercises in the book and that you know those that makes it an, a, enough when you you realize it's not your job to touch everyone it's your job to you know touch and move the people who need what you most have to offer and I think about creativity in that way that if we can connect our creativity somehow with the archetype of service. Um, and with the, with the archetype of generosity, and I think that's another thing we tried to do in this book: was be super generous, both with our own vulnerability and bo- both with our own and with our own humility. There's lots of humble stories in the, in this book, but also with um, opening it up for readers to. Uh, we ask a sets of reflective questions after each essay. It's sort of like now we told you this now. We're inviting you to tell us or to reflect with us. Also, opening up for meditations that Deborah wrote before and after each one of the ways. Um, you know, offering if, if if you're currently suffering, here's a way into the suffering and a way back out of it with your creativity um, and with uh, with exercises as well. So we tried to be really generous in the in the in the uh, and generous and aware of the reader in that sense. So that it's, it's a little less vulnerable for me in that sense, because it's, it's about the reciprocal relationship with the reader. And that's mm-hmm. also a principle of deep creativity is that it's reciprocal. So this idea is that if we can write something that then in turn inspires someone else to write a poem, that's probably way better than mine. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, I love that word generous. There's something about that really, I was, I was thinking about you know, I always. I'm obviously. You know, obviously, we all do. But we always relate it back to our own stories around this stuff. And I, I think about my own my own narrative around my creative creativity and my creative life, and that initial permission, you know, that that someone else can give us in a book or, um, or a mentor or a muse can give us. But ultimately, that permission to step into a creative act or a creative life or a creative moment has to be given to yourself. And it's about bringing generosity to yourself as much as you would give it to anybody else. Uh, We're so ungenerous with ourselves. It really shocks me. I'm working with women right now in a program called Women on the Verge. I have this women's empowerment program that I'm guiding and coaching and Um, I think that's like one of the main things that I want to give to people is a a chance to be generous with yourself and that when you are generous with yourself, then all those other things happen. Like you do inspire other people and that is reciprocal and um, you may become a muse or a mentor to someone else by just your own act of bravery around that. Uh, So yeah, and then there's the generosity around you know, which we haven't talked about yet, which is about being in relationship with the image, Um, whether it be a word or a city or a painting or an image or dream image or whatever it's. And this unique thing that depth psychology gives to us, this perspective that you really don't get anywhere else except through um, imaginal and archetypal psychology is this ability to have a relationship with the thing. <laughs> thou, <laughs> the thou, yeah, the thou, the other, uh, and and I see that you know you were talking, wanting to talk about these seven ways into things. Debra is this is this did you see that as portals or thresholds to have a relationship with the vow the other i mean i'm just so curious about that and 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 if not that's fine but just curious about what it is about honoring that relationship that has to do with deep creativity
1: uh, i'm smiling as you're talking and i i know jennifer knows why but um Jennifer was also my, the chair of my dissertation committee. And this book came along at the, you know, ending thread of my doctorate uh, degree. And my, my dissertation was on personifying. It's a concept uh, really well developed by James Hillman who came, you know, after Carl Jung and the founder of archetypal psychology. Um, And it, it was, it was Called reawakening the imagination of the heart, and it's ex- my entire work was on exactly what you're saying wow. is is actually also it's all about that relationship with the other and and actually staying within that place of relationship um, and not moving to interpretation even which even deaf psychologists are so tempted to do is to take an image in a dream and immediately interpret the meaning that it has for their life and to tie it to a specific, you know, um, message or, um, and, and I think what is so essential to everything that I write, everything that I teach, and you'll see this come out in all of our writing through the book. Uh, what comes immediately to my mind is, is um, the section that I wrote on nature. Um, I had an encounter um, with, and I call it sea turtle, because, you know, in depth psychology, we take out the article, the, mm-hmm. um, because it objectifies in a way <clears throat> the other. So I, I really have this reverent encounter with sea turtle. And I, I talk through in that chapter how we can, initiate these types of relationships. Um, and really, like I said, to stay in the relationship. And I think every chapter is really about that is, is staying in relationship to whatever is present in your life, um, your inner life, your outer life, um, the the ways encompass that and, and invite you into that state of I wouldn't even say state of mind. I would say state of being Mm -hmm. Um, because it's really about this being in relationship. Um, And, you know, even when I was listening to you and Jennifer talk before about, you know, the critical aspect of ourselves, the most beneficial tool I give for others is this is an other who lives inside of you. The critic is there. You must learn to be... to identify and be in loving relationship with that part of yourself. Uh, In the creative life, this can be so important. And and I talk about this also in the creative practices chapter, um, how you can have a dialogue or active imagination with these other characters or these other figures in your inner life and also in the world around us. Um, so you've just hit a central tenet of the of my personal philosophy, but also of the book. So I think you have your finger right on this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I just uh, spent a year in level one dream tending uh, with Stephen Eisenstadt. So I, even though I went to Pacifica and graduated in two thousand and four, and supposedly I you know know something about the world, the depth psychology world because of that. Uh, you know, I'd only really scratched the surface. I'd gotten my master's in the counseling psychology and, you know, we really scratched the surface with all the Hillman stuff. And and I realized about a, a day into this Stephen Eisenstadt dreamtending thing that I really wasn't there to become a dreamtender. I was really there to learn how to be in relationship with yeah. image and and the other. And so for me, this has been a year of deepening into that and really seeing how well-trained my ego is in wanting to poo-poo all of that <laughs> because it's, well, it's imaginal or it's a dream figure or what whatever the conversation is. And yet every time I enter into relationship with whether it's a dream, a, a sleeping dream figure or a day dream figure or what happened this year is I began to paint something I've been wanting to do my entire life. And... Mm-hmm. uh idolized Georgia O'Keeffe, who's my hero for many, many reasons. But uh, And I I claimed myself as an artist, a visual artist this year, even though I've been a photographer since I was 15, but there's something about the image that I want to have a relationship with. And I and I think that's the very thing that like watching artists my whole life um, and you go to, you know, if you go to a, like I used to go to the Venice Art Walk and you go through like 15 people's studios a day and you see every single artist is obsessed with something different and they're just trying to have a conversation with that obsession. <laughs> and, that's, and, and that hit me that day and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so now I understand that this is a little bit of like that. It's about letting ourselves be obsessed with what we're obsessed with. Um, and Jennifer, my question to you is, you being like, you know, I think Deborah would hold you up this way too. You know, you're kind of like our, our fully academic friend. Like you've been like living in that world. You're the dissertation chair. You're the one who, you know, knows how to to, 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 to live in that part of the world. How have you... Um, And and, and, and in helping to write this book and being a part of this book, how do you in your own life do that dance between whether it's critic or, you know, the one who stands outside of it and rolls our eyes at all of this or whatever that is, and the one who allows yourself to have obsessions or to be in relationship with the image? How do you do that? Do you have to do a dance or do you just live in it that way all the time? Um,
2: Can you phrase your question in another way? So I want to make sure I get it. I think I'm just interested
0: in when you have to put on, how, how do you do the dance between waking, functioning, ego, which could be academic or could be whatever that dance is, the one on the outside, versus the one who gets to be the artist and gets to be in relationship with the image or the obsession and, um, fall into that, you know, how do you, because I, I'm just learning to do this pivot and I, you know, it's, it's a muscle that you have to learn how to kind of activate and I'm wondering how you activate it as you put on different hats in your life or do you are you always or is it always on
2: it's a it's a really interesting question because I you know I was a traditional classroom teacher for 30 years and as a teacher part of your job is to be a critic right -hmm. you're you're the one who has to do the assessment and the grading decide if someone passes on And, and so and it's, it's a strange thing to foster people's creativity at the same time you're also assessing their creativity. And I'm sure that I have stopped multiple people from writing their own poems and short stories in the same way that Dennis's art teacher stopped him from painting. So I'm sure I've been on the on the other end there of that as well. I mean, I think the way that I've always tried to handle that is, I'm going to go back to love and service again, but that even assessment can be a form of love and service to somebody becoming stronger, becoming more creative, becoming more technically adept, etc. So I I think I've been able to balance that. Even when I taught high school, I would have people who would still, after I failed them in a class, would come up to me and say, thank you, I know you were just doing your best with me, and I'm sorry I I didn't rise to the occasion. So I I think that there's something in the open heart of the assessor that comes through. Mm. Um, That's one way of answering. The other way of answering you is to say that, uh, I've stopped teaching in the classroom now and I, I've made that pivot now away from academics and I don't want to go back um, because I want to live more in this world of creativity. And so in teaching memoir that I'm doing right now, um, I'm, I'm of course giving technical advice on how to do dialogue and how to strengthen dramatic tension, et cetera. But I'm not slapping grades on someone's work and I'm not telling them their story, you know, as a C story or whatever. Um, I'm really there to kind of enact the principles of deep creativity and one of them is that creativity is healing and So I want this, you know next part of my life to really be about the the venture of healing through creativity mm. um, So it's a little bit different. Does that answer your question? Does that to yeah,
0: absolutely and and I'm guessing that your teaching is part of your deep creativity
2: Of course, yeah, it's it's very much so. I've always been a really creative teacher in the sense that I never want to do the same thing over and over again. I'm always looking for new things to bring in the material, constantly creating new courses, you know, new approaches to courses, etc., new programs and all of that. So it's been definitely a path of my creativity, um, and learning itself is a creative venture, and academics is a creative venture, and writing a dissertation is every bit as, as uh, creative as, as writing a novel is. Mm. So I never, I, the, you know, people talk about writing um, academic versus creative writing, and I think that that's a, a, it's misspoken to, to say that they're different in that sort of sense. But having said that, still, this is an important pivot for me, and this, I think this book really gave me the strength to, 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 to make that pivot and to say this is the world I want to live in
1: full-time now. Mm. And the, the coolest part about this process also was that the book also became the, the other. The, the book really took on a life of its own, Kelly and Jennifer can speak to this too. You know, I think Jung has something where he says, you know, after you've been seized by this creative impulse, oftentimes it's just possessive. But when you stand back and look at what you've created you're almost amazed that something like that came from you. It it feels both yours and not yours. And we had no idea. I I wish I could show you the initial outline that I sent to Jennifer. When I proposed this book, it was like, you know, a few sentences written on a piece of paper. And I had no idea what else to tell her except let's start. And how we roped Denison was to be like, can we try this for a chapter? Like, can, can the three of us just do this and see if it's fruitful and see what emerges and be in relationship to this process? And if it's fruitful, we continue. And if it's not, we don't. Mm -hmm. So the best part was there was never even an expectation of a full book at the end, It was just, this could be fun. This could be interesting and beneficial for all of us. And the 15 principles, the things that are the central tenets of this book now emerged through the creative process. We did not have 15 principles written down that we were going to demonstrate in these chapters we wrote these chapters and allowed these principles to emerge and we were like excavators. We were just looking at the essays trying to find, okay, what, what are these things that we're in relationship to? What's emerging here? How, what does this look like if this was a story? What is the story of deep creativity? Who is deep creativity? And if I get to know her, what what makes her unique and that's where those 15 principles came from and for me that was the most meaningful part of the book and also such an invitation for anyone to just get started with the creative process because the, the gold emerges from within the depths of that process and that is the both the demonstration and the message of this book I would say.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I love that so much because <clears throat> I think about my own uh, writing of my solo show and then writing my memoir. And I mean, my memoir, you know, I mean, it, it, it had been scaffold out because of my solo show, but I remember the beginnings of my solo show and how it was like two and a half hours of just stories that were just all over the place and too much, too much, too much. And then slowly, this, this, this something, this string that held it all together, started emerging, and and I, is and arising and emerging. Which you know, these are all words that we use around the soulfulness, the thing that bubbling from beneath, bubbling from the process itself. Trusting the intelligence, yes, of the process, and. You know, I think about how we're taught as humans on this earth in Western societies, <laughs> certainly. It's all this top down thinking. It's all of this planning. It's all of this knowing ahead what's going to happen and how nothing really
1: works that way. <laughs> nothing does. Like, totally. you know, we didn't I, submit a proposal until we had a full manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> And we couldn't come up with a structure we didn't, we didn't know what was title. going go
2: on. Yeah, we didn't even get the title until really late in the yeah. process as we realized, oh wait, we're defining something here, you know uh-huh. we're actually defining this 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 connection here. but we, you know we use in, in the introduction, Deborah uses the analogy, the comparison between them, the water slider, that you know those, those little creatures that slide along the water, yes, skating the surface, mm-hmm. Which is what what contemporary creativity a lot of that is like versus the the dolphin diving down underneath the water and then uh, you know emerging up and so the book is really as she said it's kind of like i'd go down and go up and that was the process for us as well was just this okay let's dive into love for a month and see what happens and see what we bring back up and see if 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 we if we feel like it has worked and if the you know the process is valuable Um, yeah
0: And that other thing that I think is talked about in the introduction, which is the difference between inspiration from, from on high, like you're going to be given to like the gods are going to tap you on the shoulder and you're going to be the lucky one who gets to be Madonna or Lady Gaga, you know, like, because I, I grew up in the entertainment industry, which it very much feels like that in the entertainment industry Um, versus this other thing, which is, you know, going, wading into the water, and then going, and you're now, you know, neck deep, and then, oh, now I got to hold my breath, and I'm going to go under for a while, what do I discover, and what do I bring up, and there's just, it's such a different um, participation from those two different approaches, you know, one, you're kind of waiting to be blessed by something, uh, where the other thing is, it's like, I'm going to go down into, like, I don't even, know, like, the unknown, right, it's dark and mucky down there i don't know what the hell's in there and yet there's something there is something bigger than us not that's gonna like touch us on the shoulder and bless us but it's something bigger than us as like like you were saying it's gonna have a structure and an intelligence and it's gonna have an agenda <laughs> that you you know you're just kind of strapping on to at some point and then you can use your ego and your critical thinking and your reason and your rationality to like, Oh, let's pump this part up a little bit and make sure people get that. Or let's highlight this. And it, but we so want to approach it from the other way, which is, you know, uh, and what's what publishers want too. That's what I love about your process. You know, publishers like or want, we want an outline, we want chapter headings. And yeah. it's like, but I haven't even gone into the territory yet. <laughs> How am I supposed to know the dots on the map? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I love that. I love, and, and, it's, and it feels that way as you read it too. Um, it, it
2: reminds me of this, this great story about my nephew when he was maybe four or five. We took him to a bowling alley for the first time and he wouldn't roll the ball. And he, he, he was, he said, I, c- I can't do it because I've never done it before. And I thought well, it was so fascinating because how you do it is just by rolling the ball, which is right. that old proverb, you know, we make the road by walking. So that's what you have to do sometimes in creativity is if you've never painted before. That shouldn't stop you from painting. That's like my nephew saying, I have never rolled the ball. So therefore I can't roll the ball. Yeah. right you make the road by walking you make your paintings by starting in that sense and so the that's why there are exercises in the book after each one of the chapters to say hey if you if you want to try on some of the ideas in the chapter you know here's an exercise you could you could do or you could amend or you could follow in whatever way you want to um, to get started
0: yeah yeah the, I, you know I use I mean God bless Anne Lamont and her shitty first drafts like without that phrase I would not be the person I am today. (laughs) I would not have a book written. I would not have 25 stories that I can pull out at any moment, you know? So, yeah, yeah, just that first – and, and yeah, and that's so great. Like, you can't learn how to roll the ball until you just roll the ball. It is just so (laughs) true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, obviously, you and I could talk – the three of us – and talk about this forever, but I just – want to give us a little chance to kind of bring in whatever last little thing we want to bring in and i and I just want to say thank you to to all of you for diving into this process because there's nothing like this book out there. Uh, you know let's just talk marketplace for a moment here. There's no approach. Uh, to creativity quite from this perspective. There's certainly no one honoring, even if you do it kind of in a surreptitious way, the tenets of depth psychology and inside the creative process. And I know by reading this book, I'm going to learn a lot about depth psychology and my own relationship to the thou and the other and of course creativity also. So it's like this it's wider than just creativity. This is a life book in a lot of ways too. So I want to really thank you for that. Um and I'm, I'm so excited about that part of it. And and is there any um any last thing or anything that you want to say like for sure Deborah that you people get about this book or or any of it. Just I just want to give you some space for that.
1: Hmm. You know, I think for me, the most meaningful, one of the most meaningful things is what you just touched on is saying that this is a life book. We've played with subtitles forever and ever. Amen. And the publishing company had a lot of say in, in the titling. But we, you know, I kept, I keep, ro- I kept rolling around the creative life, um, and I think I, I say this towards the very end of the book. If you don't mind, I'll read a little bit of that. Um, yeah, great. You, you just said it. So, and this is in the way of art, the last way, and it's breathing art out into the world. You know, I say <clears throat> at the end, art is evoked in our way of living. In deep creativity, we look and long to live more artistically. This is perhaps the invisible eighth way of the book, the way of life. It is the way that contains all of the other ways. When we stay in close connection with love, nature, the muse, suffering, practice, the sacred and art, which are our seven ways, Our lives cannot help but become a reflection of that. Our creativity is simply the expression which inevitably flows from those connections. Art is suddenly everywhere, and we, on the temple earth, offer our small and significant lives in service to her glory.
0: Yeah, and and I can't think of a more richer way to walk through these lives that we live, you know, to be in full relationship to all that that is within and all that is presented to us and all those ways in which you talk about, I mean, it's all a a portal to all of this and it really is the self with the goddamn big ass here. (laughs) (laughs) you You
2: could take the 15 principles of deep creativity and call them the 15 principles of the self as well. Yes, but also psychological principles. You know, one of the principles is that deep creativity is attentive. And you see that all over the book. I and mean, the more attentive and awake and alive we are to what we see around us, the more we notice creativity absolutely everywhere. We're just a person partaking in this incredibly creative universe. Um, and so it, it. that's why I can take the term deep and put it in front of my course in deep vocation and apply the same fifteen principles to vocation as we apply here because they're psychological principles as well as creative. And that's Deborah really touched on that in the in the piece that she read. That this is it's a way it's a oh
0: hold on a sec, my internet my internet are you guys back? Yeah okay my okay. internet it got, got a little wiggly there. Every we dozen. never years. left you, Kelly. We were right here. Okay, good. No, I just want to, Logan, my editor, will hear that part. And he'll be like, all right, we'll just, we'll just talk <laughs> that out. Um, I, I just want to, yeah, I'm just, you know, I love, I love this deep life. I love this ability to take this stuff. I love that this book came into my life the way it came into well firstly through the Jennifer portal and now I get to meet you Deborah, and um and you know sitting down with it and knowing that I wasn't going to get through it all for this interview just because well it's it's a it's a pithy book I mean you could generous generous. it is is, is super generous and if you really want to live into it all you know, do a chapter a month, you know, like really let yourself stew with it and be with it and be in relationship and be in love with each thing of it and all of that. And, um, and it just, it fits so beautifully with where I'm at in my life right now and what I'm teaching, but also my new relationship with painting and my new relationship with the image. So I just love the synchronicity of all of this, of course. And, uh, and, and just want to thank you all. And I really want to encourage, um, the three of you, I don't know if you've thought of this yet, but you could do a series of podcasts on each of these topics. Um, you know that would just be incredible for people. Uh, or, of course, you could do an online course and stuff like that. But there's a lot of way to unpack this stuff. But I was just thinking about, you know, you just each tackling a topic each week or something or each month, and Man, would I listen to that fucking podcast regularly?
1: <laughs> um, we have spoken about this, and we it's it's in the pipeline, and we we're really passionate about creating more collaboration in a wider scale. So, you know, we want to have yeah ways that we walk through the the book with you, and so yeah. Jennifer and I are dreaming up courses and a podcast and different things to. To continue the conversation. We're not here to teach anyone anything. We're here to just have a conversation in a meaningful and deep way. And you know, uh, that's we're looking at many avenues to do that. So thank you for your your little boost and zest of energy there. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to there
0: it's about creating community, and uh, there's plenty people out in the world who are seeking this kind of community. And uh, so, yeah, just, you know. Well,
2: just- also, you know, while, while, while we're getting our act together on that, um, th- you know, and I talked about how we make the road by walking, I would just encourage people to walk with other people in their creative lives. Yes. Um, the, again, that was the joy of our creative process and why we want to extend it out and start to walk with other people. But it doesn't have to be with us because we're not, you know, we're, you know, we're not the end-all be-all of this. There's certainly, um, the, I have a fantasy about people forming even their own reading groups, mm-hmm. um, a book club group taking it. And I think you're dead on, Kelly. It, it needs to be moved through slowly. This is not a cover-to-cover cover read by any means. Um, so, for, you know, if you've got a, a friend or someone you can form a group with, or you go through each one of the sections and write your own section on how, how love has inspired your creativity or do some of the exercises or so work through yeah. it, yourself, you know, and then join us on Facebook and let us know what you did. Cause we're just getting our community started there as well.
0: Oh, good. Wonderful. Well, then everyone go over, join the deep creativity, Facebook group that's happening over there. I'm going to join today.
1: Creativity (laughs) creativity community, exactly the word you chose.
0: Good, good. And, uh, thank you guys so much for being here. And, uh, like I said, we could talk for five hours about this, um, preferably over a bottle of wine or something next Next time. time. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I look forward to more conversation with both of you about all of this and other things. And, uh, Thank you so much for being here. Is there anywhere on social media besides the Facebook group that you guys want followers or want anyone to know about you and where you can, where people can find your stuff? Jennifer, where can people find your stuff on the internet?
2: Um, www.jenniferleeseelig.com is my website. We also have a deepcreativity.com website with the newsletter. You can sign up for our newsletter, join us on Facebook.
0: And that's where I'm at. Great. And you, Deborah? Are you up on the internet's doing things?
1: I am on the internet's on Instagram. I'm modern day mysticism, uh, which is a whole other topic. Um, It's a modern day mysticism, and I have Deborah Ann Quabel PhD, exactly how it appears on the book um, as a Facebook page, Um, and then we have our deep creativity, you know, Facebook community page as well. So those are the main. Areas. And I have my personal website, PhD.com, and a lot of guided practices and, and articles and stuff there too. So great. thanks. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you guys for both being here and uh, all of you uh, people out there listening to the podcast. If you want to support this podcast, please go over to my Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash Kelly Carlin and support, this podcast you are supporting my ability to um you know pay people to help actually make the podcast happen and mm-hmm. keep the lights on because you know keeping the lights on is kind of a important thing <laughs> so come join us over there come join my community at over on patreon and uh you know we love to have you so thank you all right you guys have a great day have a great week thank you Thanks so much you.
1: kelly uh, Bye. bye
3: The space fire truth is enlightenment. The space fire sometimes is music, strange mathematics, rhythmic equation. The sound of thought is in light. enlightenment. The magic light of tomorrow. Tomorrow backwards. Backwards. Others of sadness. Others of sadness. Forward and onward. Forward and onward. Others of gladness. Enlightenment. <laughs> My tomorrow. my tomorrow, it has no planes of, of sorrow, hereby, hereby. My, invitation. my invitation, I do invite you, I do invite you to of, my space to of my space world, the song is sound of enlightenment, space fire truth. Is enlightenment vibration sent from the space from world. world, space world. all of the cosmos, starry, starry dimension? Enlightenment, enlightenment is my tomorrow. my tomorrow, it has no plane of sorrow of sorrow Hereby by invitation invitation i do invite you i do invite you to of my space world space work. Hereby. Hereby. my here by by invitation my invitation I do, I, do the the I do invite you i do invite you of my space world space my by invitation invitation i do invite you i do invite you of my space world space world